From the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. Psalms 113 verse 3 Shalom, Alakim, peace be upon you. Welcome back to the broadcast. Today we are looking at the weekly prophets portion. Uh, which if you wonder where we get that schedule, you can get it from TorahPortions.org. All last year we did the uh, Torah portion uh, for the whole year, not missing a single week. Um, this year we're just kind of going through the Prophets portion, but with a little more casualty. Um, I think we've missed a week or two, uh, but not many. Uh, but this week's portion schedule calls for the reading of First Kings 18 verses 1 through 39. I should also note if you go to scriptureandprophecy.com, which is the website, and you click on, I want to say blog, and you scroll down a little bit, there should be actually, you need to go to the second page. Uh, there's an article titled, What is the Haftorah? which is an explanation of what the prophet's portion is and why we read it and where it comes from. And you'll find out that this schedule is very, very old. And you'll find out that it appears that even Jesus himself read from the prophet's portion in the synagogue. So uh, you should check out that article if you're curious and you want to know more. All right. So... Today's prophet's portion is 1 Kings 18, 1-39, which deals with the story of Elijah, who confronts Ahab, and then has this competition with the prophets of Baal. And you've probably heard the story. And so that's what we're going to be reading today. Probably not a lot of commentary, because it's more of a historical thing. Uh, but... Uh, I do hope that it's a blessing to you nonetheless. Just a heads up before we get started, this will be the last podcast for this week. And normally we go ahead and do one on Friday, but we're probably not going to get to that this week. Uh, it was a big week last week with four podcasts and then turn around with our one on Monday. So this will be the last podcast for this week. Uh, and Lord willing, I'll be back with you again on Monday to start our normal podcasting schedule. All right, enough introductions. Let's take a look at chapter 18 and look at this story of Elijah confronting Ahab and then the test, the competition with the prophets of Baal. Let's have a look. King James Bible. Let's begin. And it came to pass, after many days... The word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go, show thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. And Elijah went to show himself unto Ahab, and there was a sore famine in Samaria. And Ahab called Obadiah, which was the governor of his house. Now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. For it was so, when Jezebel cut off the prophets of the Lord, that Obadiah took a hundred prophets and hid them by fifty in a cave and fed them with bread and water. And Ahab said to Obadiah, Go into the land, unto all the fountains of water, and unto all brooks. Peradventure we may find grass to save the horses and mules alive, that we lose not all the beast. So they divided the land between them to pass throughout it. 
Ahab went one way by himself, and Obadiah went another way by himself. And as Obadiah was in the way, behold, Elijah met him. And he knew him, and he fell on his face and said, Art thou my lord Elijah? And he answered him, I am. Go, tell thy lord, behold, Elijah is here. And he said, What have I sinned, that thou wouldest deliver thy servant into the hand of Ahab to slay me? As the Lord thy God liveth, there is no nation nor kingdom whither my Lord hath not sent to seek thee. And when they said he is not there, he took an oath of the kingdom and nation that they found thee not. And now thou sayest, Go tell thy Lord, Behold, Elijah is here. And it shall come to pass, as soon as I am gone from thee, that the Spirit of the Lord shall carry thee whither I know not. And so when I come to tell Ahab, and he cannot find thee, he shall slay me. But I thy servant fear the Lord from my youth. Was it not told my Lord what I did when Jezebel slew the prophets of the Lord, how I hid a hundred men of the Lord's prophets by fifty in a cave, and fed them with bread and water? And now thou sayest, Go tell thy Lord, Behold, Elijah is here, he shall slay me. And Elijah said, As the Lord of hosts liveth, before whom I stand, I will surely show myself unto him today. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and, Abed, Ab, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. And it came to pass, when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, Art thou that troubleth Israel? And he said, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balim. All right, let's pause for a second. Number one, I'm surprised that the King James has balim there, which is the plural ball, baals. And matter of fact, a lot of translations will actually just translate it as baals, but in Hebrew, it's im to make things plural. First thing we need to, uh, well, the only thing I really wanted to point out was when a nation goes completely corrupt, right? And abandons the commandments of God. And the trouble starts to come. Immediately, it seems like that civilization starts blaming the men and women of God, right? We're starting to see that in our own culture around the world. That suddenly the trouble, the troublemakers are the, the Christians who don't want to uh, comply with all the ridiculousness, right? Who don't want to buy in. Uh, and whatnot. And it's the same idea here. And what does Ahab say? He says, Elijah, you're the troublemaker, right? He says, It came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? And he answered and said, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Baalim, the ways of Baal. Let's continue on. Verse 19. Now, therefore, send and gather me all Israel unto Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal four hundred and fifty, and the prophets of the groves four hundred, which eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent to all the children of Israel, and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long? Halt ye between two opinions? 
If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. In other words, Elijah's like, how long are you guys going to be double-minded, sitting on the fence, make a choice? Who is God? Is it Yehovah or Yahuwah? Or is it this Baal? Verse 22, Then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I, only remain a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are four hundred and fifty men. Let them therefore give us two bullocks, and let them choose one bullock for themselves, and cut it in pieces, and lay it on the wood, and put on fire under, and I will dress the other bullock, and lay it on wood, and put no fire under. And call ye on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord, and the God that answereth by fire, let him be God. And all the people answered and said, It is well spoken. So he's having two altars made. He's saying, We're going to call, I'm going to call on Jehovah. You're going to call on your gods. And we'll. And the real God is going to answer by fire, by consuming this altar that we've built, right? Continuing on, verse 25. And Elijah said unto the prophets of Baal, Choose you one bullock for yourselves, and dress it first, for ye are many. And call on the name of your gods, but put no fire under. And they took the bullock which was given them, and they dressed it, and called on the name of Baal from morning and, ev- and from morning evening until noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, nor any that answered, and they leaped upon the altar which was made. And it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he is God. Either he is talking, or he is pursuing, or he is in a journey, or peradventure, or he sleepeth, and he must be awakened. So they're doing all this religious stuff all the way till noon, and nothing's happening. And Elijah begins to mock their ridiculousness, right? He's like, hey, maybe your God's out on a journey. You know? It's amazing how bold Elijah is in this moment. And I'll bring this up now because we're not going to get to it in the story. But it's not long after the success of this, which we're getting ready to read, that Elijah finds himself being riddled with fear and fleeing from Jezebel in a complete and utter faithless depression. It's amazing how you can go from these spirits, and this is something to be very, very weary of or be aware of. It's not uncommon to have great spiritual highs where you just have this amazing, miraculous moment with God and then to quickly find yourself in the pit of despair as you come down from that. Which, if you take it upon yourself to read further on than what we're reading today, you'll see that issue that Elijah has. Also, I, I've talked about sleep on this podcast. It, and I, I hopefully I've mentioned, I once heard that a, it was a, uh, well, I heard the story told. And it, was about a, it was about a seminary teacher, a, a, a teacher at a university teaching seminary. He said one of the he says what most people need to basically to move forward or to grow spiritually or to be able to to be better spiritually is not to just study the Bible more or to study more or anything that what most people need is a good night's sleep. 
You see, when you're exhausted and tired, it's hard to make good choices. Sin becomes a lot easier to do. You become more foolish. You become less faithful. It's amazing how important it is to take care of those little things, like making sure that you're getting enough sleep. Anyway, I'm going off into a side thing, only to say that Elijah's getting ready to have this amazing, spiritual, miraculous moment. But if you read further in the story on your own, you'll find out that it, it, he goes quickly from that into a state of despair and a state of fear. And it's a lesson for us to be aware of that and uh, conscious of that possibility. But anyway, he's mocking them because it's not working. They're praying to Baal and he's saying, maybe your God is uh, having a conversation, right? He is uh, talking or pursuing or he is on a journey or maybe he's asleep, you know? Maybe he's not even awake right now and you need to wake him up. Verse 28. And they cried aloud and cut themselves after the manner with knives and lassets till the blood gushed out upon them. So they go as far as to begin to, to cut themselves in this satanic ritual, right? Verse 29. And it came to pass when midday was past, and they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that there was neither voice nor any answer, nor any that regarded. And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord, that was broken down. And Elijah took twelve stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench about the altar as great as would contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order, and he cut the bullock in pieces and laid him on the wood, and said, Fill the four barrels with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and wood. And he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. And the water ran down about the altar and filled the trench also with water. Okay, so he's got his sacrifice made. But to make sure that they don't try to act like it's some trick or deception... He has trenches dug, and he has them cover the sacrifice with water three times. Buckets of water, barrels of water three times until the water is just running all over the thing, and even the trenches themselves are filled. Verse 36. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am the servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering, burnt sacrifice, and the wood, and the stones, and the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces, and they said, The Lord, he is the God. The Lord, he is the God. And that's actually the end of the prophet's portion. But I'll read, I'll go ahead and read verse 40 and 41 real quick as well. And Elijah said unto them, Take the prophets of Baal, and let not one of them escape. 
and they took them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon, and slew them there. And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. So this amazing thing happens. And the people of Israel see it, and they say, The Lord, he is the God. Now, of course, if you look at many translations, it just says in verse 39, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. But the King James actually gets it more accurate. I went and looked it up in the Hebrew Bible itself. And it says, and I'll just use Jehovah as the translation for the name. Could be Yahuwah, could be some other things, but uh, anyway. It says, Yehovah Hu Ha Elohim. Yehovah Hu Ha Elohim, which literally does translate, Yehovah, He is the God. But of course, in your English Bibles, and even if you pick up a Jewish Bible, it'll say Hashem or Adonai. But the name of God is there. They're not saying the Lord, He is the God. That doesn't make sense, does it? Two titles. They're saying, Yehovah, Yehovah, or Yahuwah by name, He is the God. Meaning, He is the real God. He is the true God. Many people think that it's the English translators of all these Bibles, going back even to the Geneva, and to the original King James in 1611, that... Those scribes are trying to hide the name of God. But the truth is, is that that tradition started hundreds, if not thousands of years before that, when the translation or when the uh, scribes started putting it together with the vowel pointings and all of that. Okay. Originally, the Hebrew didn't have vowels. Um, those, those were added later. And when those were added, it, it was tradition or uh, put forth by the rabbis and by the scribes that the name of God was too sacred to pronounce. And so they intentionally put different vowel points for the name of God throughout the scriptures, or they would put the vowel pointings that actually go with the word Adonai so that the reader would know to say Adonai when they saw Jehovah instead of actually saying his name. And in that tradition, continued on even into the Christians who would then later translate Bibles into English. And so they would do Lord. And the King James, uh, at least the King James, in several places, half a dozen or so, actually put the name Jehovah in that place so that the reader of the King James Bible would know that actually this is what's there. And, um, and of course, and the places where they don't literally write it out they do the capital L-O-R-D, but God has a name. And when you're looking at scriptures like this, it just takes so much away from it, I feel like. When, when you're reading this story, and you see this, this verse 39, it says, All the people saw it, and they fell on their faces, and they said, The Lord, He is God, the Lord, He is God. That takes away so much. We're having a debate over, is it Jehovah, or is it Baal? Who is the real God? By name. So they fall on their faces and they say, Yehovah, he is the real God. He is the God. And they say it twice because in Hebrew, when you repeat yourself, it's for the purpose of emphasis. 
That's why they say it twice. Jehovah, he is the God. He is the God. Anyway, I pray that you've been blessed by this this morning. By the way, if you're interested in biblical Hebrew, um, I have a little beginner's course to just kind of jumpstart it for you. It's free up at my website at scriptureandprophecy.com. You do have to get on the email list, but I haven't sent an email out in two months, so it's not like you're going to get spammed. Um, I do try to send one per week, but I haven't been able to keep up with it as of late, and usually it's just a devotional. Um, so you can sign up and get the free devotional that I try to get out at least once a week or once a month, depending on how things are going. And you get access to those biblical Hebrew training videos. And I'll just let you guys know so that you could be praying for me that I am also working towards an official accreditation in biblical Hebrew through an actual Christian uh, institute. Uh, educational institute just so I can have the official certification um, and be uh, and have a little more authority to actually teach uh, the biblical Hebrew so uh, just so you know you can be praying for me about that because it's a lot to take on that kind of a educational workload on top of the podcasting on top of full-time work and everything else so I tell you that for that purpose All right, this has been a podcast of rambling, but I pray that uh, you've been blessed nonetheless. Just a reminder, no podcast this Friday. That's all I have for you today. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.